Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian, and joining me, as always, is your co-host, Jim. Yeah, whatever. 150. Woo! 150. That's right. That's pretty awesome. And uh, also joining us is your co-host, Hunter. There's a party going on right here. Celebration. 150. What's up, guys? That's pretty fucking great. And, um... Yeah. So, uh, folks, it is the 150th show, and uh, we're pretty excited about this. We were uh, going to have a guest, but for the second time... We've killed them. For the second <laughs> time in, uh, what, under a few weeks, uh, our guest is MIA. We don't, I don't know where they are. Oh, wait, uh, wait, I found him. He was wait. under the couch. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, right now we do not have a guest. Um, so, here's the thing, folks. We uh, were going to use this intro- uh, this episode to introduce a new format slash structure to the show. We are going to be trying this out, see if it works. It's the new um, guest-free format. Well, uh, yeah, we were going to talk to the developer of Fleets of Soul, uh, which came out a little early. I had a I had a release date of today for this one, but it came out on Friday. Um, so I'm not sure if that I'm not sure if coming out on April Fool's Day was intentional. But uh, we were supposed to have the developer and creator of that on, but he um, can you guys keep yeah. keep yeah we don't know where he is. I talked to him earlier today. Um, but folks, here's the, here's what the new, uh, format is going to be. Usually it's going to be this kind of introductory era, area, era. Uh, we're going to talk some news and then I guess for this show, we're going to talk a topic, uh, or some randomy stuff and then we'll you know, wrap it up. So, but now for the news, yeah, but when we have a guest, we're going to have uh, two sections on a game that we're talking about. Basically, the general information and background of the game, and then we're going to talk about like technical stuff. So, like, we wrote up questions and and stuff. We we're prepared. Oh my god! So, guys, not only we're we going to have a structure, which is new for us, but uh, we were actually prepared, which is also new for us. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what happened. To <laughs> You're always us. preparing. Just go. So let's um, let's start with the news. We have a couple, a few stories to talk about this week. Uh, the first is that Ascent, the space game, gets a ma- got a massive new patch, which uh, updated the graphics, updated the UI, which it desperately needs, uh, and adds piracy and uh, apparently co op piracy as well. Um, so now you can fight pirates. And I played a little of this today to test out the new UI, and some of the elements of the old UI are still there, which makes it look a little weird. But on the whole, it's definitely in the right direction. It is. So when when you turn on piracy, does it BitTorrent itself then, or what? <laughs> I I don't know. I, I it gets it gets meta. You know, it's like a self licking yeah. ice cream cone. You know, speaking of meta, uh, I was introducing my wife to the Sims games. Yeah, and uh, earlier today, uh, one of my Sims characters sat down at a computer and started playing The Sims. 
I about lost my shit. Just gonna say right there. I was like, wow, this game's deep. <laughs> it yeah, plays itself. I, oh yeah, <laughs> The Sims is woof. I can't. I can't do The Sims. I've tried and I can't. Um, anyway, sorry. I just it was just funny no, to me because he he fine. said that. But no. So yeah, tell us. Tell us. You really liked it, huh? Yeah, it's so much. I mean, like I said, there's still some elements of the old UI, which is a little weird. But yeah, it is so much better uh, in so many ways. Like it just looks like a more modern game rather than some weird early two thousands throwback thing, <laughs> which it looked like before. You know, it's on my so, radar. I've uh, I've got it installed. I think I've been meaning to to give it a go, but. It's a good now, relax. It's a good relaxing game. Like, think if like Elite and Astrox had a baby, it would sure. kind of it would kind of be like that. Still better than Elite. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, there's so, a lot more you can do in it than Elite. Between between this and uh, what was the other game that we played that was a spacey MMO that was on Android? Vendetta uh, Online. Yeah, between Coming this and Vendetta. Um, this and Vendetta. What what would you say is better? Oh god. Um it depends on what you're going for. If you're going for a more economic type thing with more trading, colony building, that kind of thing, then I would say ascent, but if you're looking for more of a flight more more piloting, more combat, uh then definitely Vendetta Online. I, I'm thinking uh that Ascent is more like a FedEx game. Because it, it from right from the get go, it's it like can be. oh, deliver some be, grain yeah. here, and then go over there and take here, deliver this mail, and then take away. Yeah, the over economy. There. The economy is a much bigger deal in uh, in a, in a sense. Well, I mean, I never in, even got to that. It, it was just like the the do this, do that. You know, it was the honeydew list, right? And it's like, right. Okay, when does the game happen? And and it was all autopilot too. There was like no manual flying that I was doing. Yeah, and you can do manual flying, but it's very it's it's all mouse, and it's not even like like freelancer mouse. It's all like you know, just right click and move, and it's mostly autopilot stuff. Uh, so yeah, if you want to feel like you're flying a spaceship and doing combat missions, Vendetta Online. If you want to be feel like you're in a galactic economic sim with with base and colony building, Ascent. Cause you you know, I'm have to I'm gonna have to give Ascent a go then because I do like that. Yeah, oh, Ascent has probably some of the best mining I've ever seen in a game. It's a pretty good little mining mini game. Um, plus, yeah, you can build colonies and stations for other people to trade at, and though and there's like smuggling in your colonies if you like don't hire enough security for it, for example. And apparently, if your colony is unsupervised long enough, pirates can take it over now. Apparently, oh, that's so, cool. Yeah, it's 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 deep. There's a lot going on here, and I I dig it. It's just it's like, ugh. like if like uh, yeah, there's there's a lot going on, and it's it's pretty great. I dig it, uh, folks. You should definitely check it out. I think you can play it for free, but I think you no, yeah, you can play it. I think for free, and then you can sign up for like their um premium stuff, which is like four dollars a month or something. That's where a lot of uh, MMOs have turned to recently, and I actually kind of like it if it's done right. Yeah, and I think uh, with I I think with the scent, it's done right. Because kind of like you know, with Star Wars: The Old Republic, you can yeah. play for free, but they nickel and dime the crap out of all the other stuff. So, um, yeah, 
I think Vendetta. Anyway. I think Vendetta does a pretty good job of it too. You can play for free for eight hours. You know, get a feel of the game. And if you're on Android, you can subscribe for like a dollar and get a few more levels if you really want to do it. You know, so it's kind of interesting they have that tier system going. Yeah, um, I'm on. Has have you guys? Are you guys looking at Mumble? Is he? Is he there at all? We don't see him. I don't see him. Weird. I've been keeping my eye on YouTube chat as well. Okay, I'll just keep an eye out. Uh, so the next so. bit of news is um, Eve Online has another massive war going on. Apparently, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Hunter, because I read about it today. A corporation with or an alliance with forty thousand people in it. Decided to kind of poke a smaller alliance, thinking they would just roll over them, and they didn't. Well, and well, they weren't prepared for that. Yeah. Yes. Yes, and no. Like, okay. um, so uh, essentially, what's going on right now? Uh, you know, it's kind of like with Fallout Four: War. War never changes. That's always been the story with Eve Online. War never yeah. changes with Eve Online. Something happens, and and somebody gets mad. So um essentially sure. so essentially what's 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 gone on <clears throat> for the longest time is you when when the um when the Goonswarm Goon uh, corporation kind of came into being um they over time asserted themselves as uh, a dominant force in the Eve Online universe and from within inside of that they have now crowned themselves as the Imperium and the Imperium is um, essentially a coalition of alliances, if you will, that dominates uh, most of the northwest part of the map and going along down the west part of the map as well. If you were to look, I don't know, it's space. You're like, well, which way is west? They do have an orientation for it if you look at it a certain way uh, that they everybody just orients it that way when talking about the EVE Online universe. Um, so... It's uh it's pretty crazy. So the Imperium essentially is uh is almost like one of those things where like nobody nobody screws with the Imperium because they're just, you know, they're always got the numbers, they've always got the bigger numbers. So what's going on now is um there are some other alliances that are just tired of the Imperium. They're just they're they're done. Well, most of these alliances are actually um not friendly with one another. But it's the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of mentality is what's right. going on. Right. So a lot of them are are currently under temporary friendships to whoop the Imperium's ass. Now, the oh. funny thing about this is one particular, uh, I believe it was either an alliance or a corporation within the Imperium's uh, ranks uh, dropped... Um, Drop friendlies with the Imperium because they felt like they were betrayed. Now, there's a lot. There's a lot going on with that. There's a lot of political stuff that goes on with that, and it's very interesting how in a video game things there there are serious politics involved. And I say serious. That's kind of um, <laughs> it's kind of silly, but um, but yeah, no. There's all these politics involved. Some of the politics also stem around Kickstarter that was started. Uh, to write this book and some players of the community thought it was a way that um, you know they were trying to you know uh, 
rewrite history in some parts, but also um, raise money for themselves and others. And they, you know, a lot of people just didn't feel like it was um, under appropriateness or whatever you want to call it. I forget, I don't know how to call it. So anyway, the Kickstarter failed, right? Um, huh. That's interesting. You know, so so yeah, it's been it's been a very interesting thing. So they had the second largest. The second largest uh, battle in in Eve Online's history, which recently just happened, I forget the name of the system, uh, but it was the second largest battle. And I think at one point they said that there was a total of uh, five thousand, uh, five thousand and something players in one system at one Ooh. time at like at its peak. Um, so then that was, but that was, you know, that was the battle in the one main system, but the war itself consisted of more than just that 5,000 because you have the surrounding systems taken into consideration where there was also concurrent fighting going on. So there was, uh, you also have to take into consideration to time zones. So you have the Europeans that are at a certain point. Then you also have, uh, the American time zone where there's some crossover, and you have to strategically plan this out for when you're awake and when you're not. And Eve right. Online's like a second job, so some people take it that seriously. Um, so I wonder if unemployed. I wonder if um, like absenteeism at offices has taken a spike since the wars started. Find <laughs> you out. know, yeah, that would be an interesting dis- statistic to look at uh, with with not just Eve Online, but with some some games in general. Um, it, oh, I know plenty of people that have release day flu. Right, you know, it's just like, oh no, the new the new Warcraft expansion's out, and like half the IT department's out that day for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> right? No, that's that's exactly a thing. But it is interesting. I would like to try and see what kind of correlation there is between big wars like this in Eve and real world statistics, because um, you know they they like to put the numbers out there, right? So like the the last big war cost something like. I'm throwing a number out here, and I'm probably way off, but I also know that it was a really high number. I want to say it was like 300000 in real dollars that w- was destroyed in internet spaceships. Internet Jesus. spaceships. Things that don't even really exist in the real world, but actually have real monetary value. When you talk about the uh, Plex... The Plex, yeah. Yeah, when you, when you internet can... Internet spaceships. Can, serious business. It and in in a lot in, of ways in it Eve is. it is in Eve it's very serious business. So it's just like you know in game like a Titan costs in real world money like three thousand dollars or some stupid um, amount like that. And I'm just I'm thinking to myself, good God, that is that is not far from living in the Matrix. I mean, I mean, yeah. So yeah, this this second war is a it was a pretty big deal and. Uh, to, um, I wouldn't say commemorate the war, but it, the timing couldn't have been better. There is an officially sanctioned book that was written, uh, uh CCP officially sanctioned this book called The Empires of Eve, and there is actually a wonderful YouTube video talking about the siege of C-J6MT, which was the beginning of one of the first great wars that happened in 2006. So... There is the Eve Online news. <laughs> yeah, I like like I've said, I don't really want to play the game, but hearing the stories come out of the game is just fascinating. 
Absolutely. Absolutely fascinating. <laughs> well, Crazy Logic Films, you know, it's interesting because the thing about the, the thing about Star Citizen with with buying internet spaceships and the thing about EVE Online is is the ones in EVE Online you can actually play with. So oh. I'm not buying pictures. I'm actually I'm actually buying something that I'm using you, in the game. You you can kind of you can kind of play them now. No, 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 no. There's a whole bunch of them that aren't even in there yet. So really? and the ones that are last time I checked didn't even work right. Unless uh, somehow I, you happen to have the exact same thing that the devs are working with. Uh, because so the Sorry. Them dev videos are, are pretty spectacular, aren't they? Somehow there's not a single glitch in the dev videos. It's that almost, makes me it's wonder. It's almost like it's pre-rendered CG. So mm. I, have, I have a side note about Star Citizen. I have, I have not been able to download it in months. It keeps stalling on me. Oh, so now even the downloader doesn't work. Well, well that's so, a good way to keep people from knowing how busted your shit is, is if here, you just break the downloader. Here's the funny thing. Someone emailed me about it um, and said, look... They switched to torrents or something. So if you want to download successfully, you have to turn off anything else that uses the internet. Like I'm like what? what? No, like, yeah, that's stupid. I don't even I, think that's what that's what this gentleman said. And he was trying to be helpful. I'm not upset with him or anything. He was trying to be helpful. But uh hang on a second. Yeah. He's noticed that they switched to to their torrent tech downloader, every time I need to download it, it saturates his bandwidth. If he does anything else that requires the internet or a computer that's downloading, it will stall the Star Citizen downloader. He's learned to pause it manually before doing anything else in the internet, and then restart it and leave his computer alone to have it continue. Also, he has to make sure no one in the house is using the Wi-Fi. I think he's on dial-up. His- I'm just saying, <laughs> to go through all that, to 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 it, it it seems ridiculous. It's very frustrating, and and it's it's not it's not really conducive to me playing the game like at all. So yeah, people sometimes ask me why are you why do you have more Star Citizen videos? Oh yeah, Cloudwolf uh, is right. I think you do have to completely remove everything and and install it from scratch. I did, I did. I had to reinstall Windows a couple of months ago, and so I did and. Yeah, it still stalls. Hey, you want to hear my Derek Smart impression? Um, <laughs> yes. Sure. Yes. Told you yeah. so. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so our last piece of news, just a small piece of news. The uh, Hard Light Productions uh, newsletter came out recently. They do a newsletter every month telling people what's going on in the Free Space Open community. Hey, uh, we have uh, we have somebody in the public channel up above us. Wait, what? Uh, what? what? BPG Stocks is that? Oh, guy? I think that's him. I think that's him. Which oh, would you like me to bring him down real quick? Or yeah, yeah, do it. Hello. Excuse me, sir. Is your mic turned on? Chris, is that you? I think that I think that is him. Yeah, BPG is probably been playing the games. Um, I'm pretty sure that is him. Right, yeah, finish up your news. Yeah, all, all I was gonna say is that um, yeah, apparently there's a small mini campaign now for Free Space Two, and I know someone personally, like a two three mission mini campaign someone released. It looks really nice, and someone I know is working on a Star Wars total conversion that looks goddamn incredible. 
like seriously incredible and they included a bunch of screenshots on that so folks we will be including all this stuff in the show notes for each episode now so if um don't worry about you know finding links for this news we'll definitely be including it because we're going to actually have show notes in the in for each episode post now how funny Is is uh, Chris having some? Oh, Chris, are you there? I wonder. Earth to Chris. I wonder if he's having some uh, he's microphone. He might be having some microphone issues. Yeah, Mumble but, has some weird configuration issues. I will admit. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, he has perms to talk in here, right? It's nothing like. Oh uh, well, I I unmuted him when he when I brought him in. Yeah. Um, but there is also the little chat channel on the side. Chris, can you type if you can hear us? Hello. So, folks, it seems like our guest has uh, shown up ex- right. Oh, I think he just left. He just disconnected. So, uh, it looks like we are going to have a guest to talk to. <laughs> this has been a funny. Let's talk a minute about 150 shows. Um, we started this podcast back in uh, February of 2013. A, a funny thing happened on the way to 150. Yeah. So, it was Jim's idea. Um, you contacted me, I think via steam one day and said, Hey, you have a headset. We should do this. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Blame me. <laughs> Whatever. No, it's, it, it, I, I think it's worked out rather well. So yeah, we've been doing this for a little over, um, a little over three years now. And that's, we've talked to a lot of great people, you know, it, it's been, it's been a really great run, I think. And it's kind of funny how like the the longer we go, it seems we get more we're getting more guests. I don't know if you've noticed, but like the next two months are full of guests, which is unusual for us. Um so it looks like we're getting more attention and it looks like more people want to be on the show, which is great. Because you know, we get to talk to some awesome people and we get free games. I'm not gonna lie. That's a nice part of this, is getting free games. Uh-oh. I think I just got an email from our guest. Oh, having some technical difficulties. Well, so, we'll, we'll continue. Yeah, so, um, uh, Jim, what do you think has been our best show? I'm going to put you on the spot. What do you think has been our best show? And I have an idea of who that, of what that it was, is. It was that time when I was in Florida. Wait, what? That was the one I wasn't on. <laughs> when was that? It was vast improvement. Uh, whenever I went down to Disney, it was like yeah. last February, and you had the quintet guys on. Oh, no, that wasn't improvement. I was going to say the guy from uh, Artemis, when we found out he uh, was a producer at Interplay and worked on The Secret of Vulcan Fury. That was probably... That was probably, I think, one of our craziest and finest moments. True. I think. Um, I, I thought the Astrox show was really fun. Um, that just for being a pure fun show. Yeah. Excuse me. And then uh, just a couple weeks ago, um, I cannot for the life of me remember what game we were we were talking about. Uh, guy uh, was on, and he was just awesome. Let's see. A couple weeks ago, uh, I could look right here. We had. Uh... Oh, uh, 
Well, let's see. Let's see if we hear him. Um, a few, a couple weeks ago, we had Star Command Galaxies or Concealed Intent. Oh yeah, yeah, the Star Command guys. Those dudes were great. Those guys were pretty funny because they had a really just fun attitude about gaming. Oh yeah. So you, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I've necessarily had a favorite show, but I've had favorite moments while being a part of the show, though. Like what? Were, well, there was uh, there was the episode that Jim recorded that interview with Dave Westman. Oh, uh, yeah. That that I felt like was an awesome interview that I wish I could have been a part of. I know. Uh, and the time you guys got to interview the Gearbox dudes for the new Homeworld game, which pissed me off so much that I couldn't be on that show. I was so mad. But I was really glad that we got to we got to do that one. And I think uh, I think lastly. Uh, the thing, the thing that I've really just appreciated while being on the show was um, getting to do stuff like what Jim and I got to do with the uh, Inf- Infinity Battlescape guys, where they took us on just this what was it like almost a two hour long tour of their oh, yeah. of their game, and uh, so things like that, you know. So I've you know I, I think just being along for the ride and just having a lot of fun. Uh, getting to know some of these guys and talk to some of them, and uh, it's been it's been quite uh, entertaining. I think when we had, um, um, oh god, I feel really bad now. He's in our he's in our Facebook group a lot. He's from was it uh, New Zealand, Australia? Um, oh, uh, anyway, that guy. <laughs> He was probably he was probably one of my favorites personally. Uh, he yeah, going to kill me that I can't think of his name right now. I, and I'm sorry if he's watching. Okay. I, I feel really bad. Um, Tim that, time, H- that time H- when Brian H- wasn't here and we played we played Mac Warrior all night. Yeah, that was a good one. Tim Tar- Tarski is asking if we're ever going to stream from New Eden. That's the E. Oh, that's E, uh, right? That's who, where who, he... Was it Hufan or who? Um, you guys know who I'm talking about. Um, no, I, my brain is mush oh. right now. Oh, this, this, this guy, Hoy, Hoy, thank you, God, Hoy. I'm oh, so sorry, I could not Hoy. remember your damn name, but your game was really great, and it was awesome oh, having yeah, you on the show because we learned about um, the Chrome engine for developing games. Was it oh, Chrome? Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. Chrome. Yeah, that was a very educational show. That was such an educational show. Like, that holy was a shit, very I learned so much. Show. Um, okay, Chris is, I'm not sure what's happening, folks. Um, here's the thing about Mumble. Mumble is great for a lot of things, but it's, it, it, it seems to be somewhat of a challenge to get set up for some people. There's certain people it hates. Yeah, Uh, we don't know why. Um, but it's a shame because Skype is just such a bitch anymore, uh, that, like we don't even know. Like, can we even? Like, we don't even know how to record from it yeah, anymore. They, they broke it completely. So, yeah. thanks, Microsoft. Yeah, I think I, I think the way people do it is like, I think what people do is like they have a second computer, from what I understand. No, well, you like, can record stuff if you just do like virtual audio cables and and whatnot. Yeah, that sounds 100, like a- hundred and forty nine shows. I've never had hiccups, and the hundred and fiftieth, I do. I'm dying here. What do you mean? I got hiccups. It's killing me. Oh, hi- actual hiccups. <laughs> Not like technical hiccups, but actual. Right, the actual, like, wow. can't talk 
sometimes because well, at least it wasn't as bad as our fourth episode with Chris fucking Roberts where I couldn't talk because I was coughing so goddamn much. So you got to talk to him the whole time. Oh no, I like that. <laughs> yeah, me and Chris were like, um, not at all. But if yeah, all, that was all, that was fun, oh, man. That that goes. was one of my that was one of one. Of, uh, excuse me. There we go. Hick hick hick. Um. That was one of my favorite things, actually, was talking to him about the Wing Commander movie, because I was completely not expecting him to go down that rabbit hole for, like, what, 40 minutes? Of the movie, yeah. Guys, episode four, we had, uh, episode four, like, way back then, we had Chris Roberts on, and Jim actually probed him about the Wing Commander movie. Uh (coughs) (laughs) Both of you guys are dying now. Guys, don't I'm say, the new host don't say of Space Game I... Junkie Podcast, and joining uh, me, was... as always, is none of these guys. <laughs> and he was very... Um... Don't say I probed Chris Roberts, because that doesn't oh. sound good. <laughs> you poked him. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, you, 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 were, you asked him point blank about the Wing Commander movie, and he was surprisingly and awesomely um, forthcoming about... All of its problems. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. Hey, do you guys remember that time that Jim probed Chris Roberts? Yeah. What is Crazy Logic Films talking about with the new SS update? What does that mean? The new System Shark? I don't know. Yeah, they're they're doing uh, like a remake of System Shark... Uh, excuse me, System Shark 1. Oh. It's, uh, yeah, it's Night Dive doing it. So yeah, it looks uh, it looks pretty badass, in fact. Oh, shallow so, space, shallow space. Can can Chris hear us at all? Because if he can, uh, there's the chat feature to the left there in Mumble. Yeah, I want to see if he can hear us at all. Uh, AC AC Wraith is saying that um, robot lo- robot loves Kitty. I don't know who they are, but apparently, they oh, switched- shallow space. Apparently they've switched to Discord, which Discord is nice and all, but it doesn't have uh, it doesn't have any recording capabilities like this does. Built into it, but we're considering it. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's lots. Of, there is a lot to like about Discord. We have experimented with many products. Yes, yes. Speaking of uh, experimenting, folks, we are. Um, <laughs> we are uh we're talking mostly these days using slack which is actually really nice um but if you want to join us in the slack chat you need an invite so uh let me know if you want an invite and i will send you one but slack is really great slack also uh, integrates well with irc and uh Currently, I'm investigating um, the crossover between Slack and Discord, so that way we can have a one big happy chat family. That'd be really nice. That'd be really, really nice. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with 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 Chris here. Um, he's in. F- he's I in see. the channel, guys. We do see him. He is here. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Let me. Let me. Sorry, folks. I'm really under the weather. Um. The, my trip. I just came back from Death Valley, um, and it kicked my ass thoroughly. So I am feeling really, really crappy today. 
Yeah, see, the problem is, I mean, Discord would be fine if we were just streaming and just talking over a stream, but we also need an MP3 um, to um, put on the podcast so people can listen to it in a podcast player. And um, while I guess we could record from YouTube, it's not as good to record the audio from YouTube if we have the option. I mean, I guess we could do that, but I'd rather not. <laughs> you know, uh, it doesn't sound as good. I I see him playing with his uh, microphone. Yeah, and um, such. Just just make sure, Chris, and I'm sure you've probably already checked all this stuff out. But I'm gonna uh, reiterate some of these options to you now. Uh, if you go to configure and settings. Um, there is the audio input and output. Make sure you have all that set up properly. Also, if you're using push to co- uh, push to talk, you have to make sure that you go into the shortcuts and bind a key there as well. Yeah, that's the thing. So if, you're using, that's, if, you, if you're using push to talk, you have to tell which key you're using to use push to talk, or else you're screwed. Which you think it would be better at telling you this, but. Or you might not be hearing any of this, in which case... Alright, YouTube, now you know uh, how that's how Mumble works. Go to configure. Hello? Hello? Hey! hey. Uh, sorry about that, guys. Hi! <laughs> you have no idea what I'm... Dude, I am I am talking to you guys through my uh, Vive uh, microphone, because I have no idea how to get my regular microphone to work. So, so are we in like sweet three D? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm talking to you guys. Uh, yeah, through my Vive uh, headset, basically. My, the, so uh, I have a I have a Vive question. Yeah. So with Nvidia, you could get that liquid shut the liquid crystal shutter Nvidia three D glasses, and any game that's three D, basically, you could switch it into three D mode, right, with the Nvidia driver. Can you do such a thing with the Vive, even if it doesn't do the head tracking? Can you just flip any game into 3D mode? Because that's the sell- That's the selling point to me. Is like, if that works, I'm sold. If not, then I have to get games that are specifically made for it, and I'm going to be a little slower to adopt. Well, I mean, it's a VR system, right? So VR, you know, I think there, there's obviously VR games, but I know that they have an app. Uh, or they're developing an app where you can play games uh, like regular non-VR games in the headset, and it's like playing on you know a 50-inch TV or I don't know the exact you know yeah. size dimensions, but well, it's uh, just, it's basically the the Nvidia drivers have the ability to split any game into stereoscopic, right. and I, I just wonder if they've actually enabled that for headsets. Not yet. that I know and of. See, Nvidia needs to get on it. Like real soon now. In fact, well, I will. I will tell my Nvidia contacts to uh, give me the four one one as to what's going on with that. Oh, there you go. So, how you doing, Chris? Welcome to our show. Sorry Welcome. that you had the troubles. No, no, my I, I don't. Yeah, my my fault. I take blame. I take I take full responsibility uh, for my issues. I got drunk uh, earlier today, so um, I'm sorry I'm late. Is that safe, like drunk and VR? That- <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering if like acid no. sales are going to take a big uptick now because people are going to be tripping, tripping the rift, uh, <laughs> however you would say that. 
Yeah, I'm saying no, it's not a uh, a safe thing to do. Um, primarily because I think if I would play any VR experience uh, drunk, I think I'd probably actually really get sick instead of like you know, start to feel sick. I'd probably actually get sick. So I don't hey, want uh, puke all over my new uh, Corsair keyboard. So yeah. Hey, hey, Brian, your keyboard is in full effect, by the way. Sorry. You're not um, <laughs> So, yeah, uh, your game, Fleets of Soul. Pretty yeah. awesome stuff. Welcome, welcome, man. Uh, we were just talking about, like, how many shows we've done and everything, and you have been, this is your third time, I believe, <laughs> on the show. It is, it is. Can we hug he's it here, out? He's here to reveal his new game. The space dancing simulator train of soul. Is there gonna be is there gonna be is there gonna be a VR support for, for that? <laughs> soul train. It'll be yeah. it'll have vibe support, so it actually, you know, tracks your your uh, hand movements. So you better you better dance your ass off. Hey, speaking of vibe support, uh what about this game? Do you support some VR? That was so, talked last time. So no, so like I want to, but UE3 and, and VR is pretty much uh, uh, oil and water. Um, they don't play nice together at all. So um, oh, that's disappointing because because uh, last time you were on, you were talking about like that. Wouldn't that be cool if? Oh know? yeah, yeah, it would be cool. But uh, no, we we are doing um, another cockpit game. Uh, oh, uh, it's it's not a space game. Uh, but it is a cockpit-based game. What? And, Wait a uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yes, uh, yeah, world exclusive. Uh, but yes, I know, Space Game Junkie and, and yeah. So we are doing a cockpit-based game, but it's a, um, you fly uh, light aircraft uh, around a open world uh, made up of islands. So you fly a variety of light aircraft. When I say light aircraft, I mean, Ultralights. I don't know if you guys are familiar with ultralights, but uh, ultralights, oh, yeah. helicopters, oh uh, sure, yeah, gyrocopters, uh, and it's all it's all VR. Uh, it's all cockpit based, and the cockpit is fully interactive. So you get to actually use um, the motion controls to flip switches and to grab the flight stick and and push the throttle and all that good stuff. So, well, the thing the the ultra. The ultralights, depending on what model, like some have a stick, right? But some of them actually have the bar, you know, from the hang glider, and uh, you yeah. just move the bar. So that would be cool, like put your hands out in front of you and just move them left and right and forward and back, and you're actually yep. moving the bar. Yeah. We use the stick, but uh, doing a bar one wouldn't be uh, very difficult, so that's a good idea. See, I knew there was a reason why I came on here. Add it to the list. <laughs> uh, I always like talking to you guys. We like having you on. So, Fleets of Soul uh, came out Friday, which I thought was kind of funny. Came out of early access on. I wasn't sure if that was a joke or not. Because uh, yeah, you can't yeah. trust anything on that day. Anything. You really can't. You really can't. Um. Oh. Yes. There's. Uh, gosh, I don't know how. I have so much to talk about with this game. Um. I don't even know where to begin. Uh. Well, at the beginning, I mean, this is a this is like an offshoot slash continuation. Yeah. So, so how did the game come about? Yeah, exactly. Of uh, Fleets of Soul. Man, I don't. 
this is such a complicated topic. I don't know how um, I want to get into it. Uh, you were playing Eve one day, and all of a sudden... Yeah, well, so... Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay, um, man. This is this is heavy stuff. Uh, I don't know how how wanna how deep I can get into it. Um, but basically, it was an idea of a, of a guy that worked for us that no longer works for us. Um, and uh, uh, he's 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 in. Uh, yeah, I don't want to go. I don't want to get. I don't want to get into it. I really don't because it's um, it's very heavy stuff, and it's not something that. Um, uh, it's terrible. It's just terrible, terrible, terrible stuff. And so, but I'll just say this, that the idea came from a mode from Battle of Soul that was meant to sort of try to extend the life of Battle of Soul. And it was uh, a, a strategy game, uh, survival strategy. And it was meant to like, you know, when you're done with the campaign, you could go into this mode and it's just radically different and, and such a different sort of experience that it, it, it almost... It, Extended infinite, re- I mean, re- uh, playability or replayability of Battle of Soul almost indefinitely because it was such a radical departure from the game, and it was systemic. It wasn't story based, and you just could, you know, play. And, and it was some some procedural stuff, so you could, you know, every game that you played was a, a little bit different. And ultimately, uh, I made the decision to separate it into its own project when we were about ready. About a month before we shipped Battle of Soul, um, primarily because you know when you're when you're advertising or you're talking about a, a, a scripted sort of space shooter, a cockpit based space shooter, how do you how do you how do you like start talking about something different, like so radically different? You know what I'm saying? Like it seems like it would split the message. So we and then to, to ship it to where we were reasonably happy with would take would basically meant that we would stay in early access for Battle Soul for a, a significantly longer than what we intended to do. So we decided to split it off into its own separate project. And then we did that and we shipped Battle of Soul. And then like, I think like a couple of weeks later, we literally put it out in early access just to see what people thought. And people generally thought it was cool, but it was half-baked and needed a lot of work. And, so then we spent uh, a, uh, a fair bit of time sort of refining it and making it better and improving the UI. And finally, I think it was just time. And, and I didn't want to put much fanfare into the release for things like, for reasons why I don't really want to get into because it's, it's a really terrible topic to, to talk about and uh, it just taints the whole project. And I don't really want to dwell on that, but um Ultimately, um, I, I put it out because I was just ready for it to, to go and, uh, and, and sort of wash my hands of, uh, of the UE3 engine and, um, yeah, UE3 engine primarily. Not the, the, not the sole franchise I'd love to continue on, but the UE3 engine, I'm, I'm kind of done with it. So, yeah, there we go. <laughs> so, will you go to UE4 or cry? Crytek or you know Unity, where, where's where would you head now? Um, well, the game that we're working on now is Unity, um, but I think after this it'll be UE4. We're going to go back to UE4. Um, I'd love to. I'd love to do a VR uh, Soul game. I mean, I think it. You know, I, I was 
I mean, speaking of like, you know, coming on and, and sort of shooting shit with you guys, and I, I played Eve, I mean, I have a, a, a Rift and uh, uh, Eve Valkyrie, right? So I loaded that up. Beautiful game. Oh, Gorgeous. Is it right? good? I'm so, jeal- I'm so jealous of you right now. I mean, I'm a little jealous. I mean, it's a gorgeous, beautiful, beautiful dogfighting game. I mean, absolutely jaw-droppingly gorgeous. And it's uh, uh, fun to play. It's very easy to play, very user-friendly with the gamepad. Uh, but, but here's the deal. Uh, one, it's got microtransactions. And, and two, it's entirely multiplayer. I mean, you can play against the AI and sort of skirmishes, but everything else, there's no story really. It's entirely multiplayer driven. And I so, guess. Oh, did you Jesus. see the? Did Titan you see the? Hello. Yeah. Did you see the Vive one that came out today? It's also an Eve game, but it's a you're basically in a turret. Yes, Gunjack. So Gunjack is actually a Gear VR game. Uh, first, it was it was originally a Gear VR game, and um. And yeah, your head's basically a turret. And yeah, it's beautiful, but I mean, you know, I, I have the Gear VR version, and uh, you know, it gets it gets old quickly. Uh, you know, because yeah, it, it's basically a demo kind of thing. No, no, I mean, they they actually think it's a real game. I mean, it's a it, you know, it's a really? mobile game. yeah. Well, it's a mobile game first, so you have to think of it along those lines. Like, it's a Gear VR game, which you know, it's a mobile game. Um, it, it originally came out for the the S six, and uh, beautiful game. Beautiful, you know. I mean, CCP does amazing graphics, but uh, but you know their gameplay outside of Eve is fairly shallow. Let's just put it that way. Uh, it's mm. fairly shallow. So they, they 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 get graphics and they nail down visual art styles and whatnot. But uh, uh, you know, I I don't know. I kind of wish for a, a story, right? You know, like a, like a, a well, they did they game. did that whole they did that whole marketing thing with. Um... What's her face? Who played Starbuck Katie on Battlestar? Yeah, yeah, Katie Sackoff. They did that whole marketing thing, and I'm sitting here thinking to myself, "Oh, what? awesome! Like a story-driven, like uh, first-person piloting Eve game with Katie Sackoff as my like commander." So it's just yeah. like, let's go! And now you're telling me, nope. not so much. Not even close. It's like a, wow. It's like a dick punch. <laughs> so. So uh, is, is Katie Sackoff cool? punched you in the dick, yeah, dude. Sackoff, get it? Huh? Get it? Wow. Anyway, she, she uh, knocked your sack off. Hey, nice. um, so but I have a question though, because you own an Oculus and the Vive, right? So is it the final version of both? Yes. Okay, so if you were going to throw money down on one, not the other, which one and why? Yeah, that's a good question. Um. Okay, I think it's a bit of a loaded question. I have to ask you, do you have space? Um, no. This is the space podcast. In fa- no, I don't. <laughs> no, no, I, no, I, no, intend, no. I intend to primarily sit at my desk yeah. and do this. Okay, well, I, I mean, honestly, <sighs> so I, I don't play my vibe uh, with uh, the seated uh, experience. So, I, I mean, I just don't. I don't. Uh, room scale is where Vive is at. Uh, you can play seated experiences, although there really aren't many, uh, on the Vive, as far as I know. Um, and as far as I've played, I, I haven't played any, uh, Elite Dangerous. <laughs> that is the only one I can think of. Um, yeah, see, this, that's like giving me a shitty connect feeling then. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll tell you what. If you have the space, 
Vive is a transformative experience. You will play some games that you you would think, uh, if I told you about them, that they sound like the most boring bullshit ever, right? But then you play it, and it's like, holy shit, I'm literally in the holodeck, and I'm living in Star Trek Next Generation. I mean, you're, you're seeing the infancy of, of that, of, of where we'll ultimately get to, but you're seeing the infancy now. And that's incredibly exciting. But I will say this. Uh, the Rift is a very slick experience. Like the, the setup experience is dead simple. Uh, you put that sensor right in front of your monitor or, you know, off to the side. It doesn't have to be right in front, but you put on the headset. It's a very comfortable experience. It's got, it's got a headphones that are attached that are actually worth a damn. Uh, surprisingly, I didn't think they were going to be that great, but they're amazing. And it's just a very polished experience. Now, the downside is, is that you're playing with a gamepad right now. Every game on the Rift is gamepad. So that, that's fine with me because that's all I really want. And, and I also, I want the thing to be a monitor replacement. Like, can I have my desktop on the thing and just have, like, I'm sitting in an iMac in an IMAX theater working Well, they on a got that app on Steam, though, now, don't they? That, well, yeah. that app's kind of half-baked, though, because it puts a little desktop in front of you in a big room, and that's I want multiple right desktops all over. Right. Yeah, that's 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 your options right now. Um, but I will say this. I know a company in Seattle that is working on a, on a, on a setup that is uh, going to immerse yourself, like wrap, wrap your head around, you know, uh, uh, a virtual desktop, I guess you could say. But oh, not cool. like the See, I, I, need some, I need some Johnny Mnemonic shit. Like, yeah. wh- why has nobody, like a launch, oh, excuse me, <laughs> hiccups are still going. Um, a launch title for this thing should have been like a William Gibson Neuromancer cyberspace flight. Remember that game for the PlayStation 2 Res? Yep. Why the hell isn't there a Res for this thing? Day one. Well, there there will be for uh, PSVR. So, uh, and I have I have one of those as well. And PSVR is um, it's uh, it's interesting. It's a uh, it's it's a nice headset. Um, I think people are going to really like uh, really like Sony's offering. Um, Does it feel like half the price of the other one, though? No, 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 not at all. I mean, I have a I have an older, I guess a slightly older version than than. Uh, and the newest one, it's probably, I guess, maybe a year old or so. Um, but it, it, it's comfortable. It fits on. Um, I, I'm really immersed. The only downside I would say with the, the one that I have, and I don't know if they fixed this yet because I haven't tried the newer the newer kits, is um, there's a lot of light that comes in at the underneath, like, uh, like the nose area. There's a tremendous amount of light um, that comes in. And so... It kind of are, oh, you know, you're not fully immersed in the experience because of that. But, um, but I like the headset. I mean, I've used it. We have our game running on on all the platforms, and and I would say Rift is number one. Um, Sony is probably slightly number two, and Vive is number three. But um, I do want to. I do want to ask you though, real quick, about the Eve Valkyrie, since I am such a, a fan of that Eve universe. It it, it looks good. Um, my question is: is even though it is just mostly multiplayer, does it le- does it play well at all? Though, like, I mean, as like a dogfighting game in first person with VR, does it play well? Oh yeah, oh yeah. 
Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So maybe there's hope for something down the road. We we can we can hope that maybe well, maybe something. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting. Like they have tons of micro. I, I wouldn't say tons, but they do have microtransactions in it, and uh, that uh, is a turnoff. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, you know, and I guess that's is, terms of it being free. Right? It's not so. free. Well, I guess if you pre-ordered the Rift, it's free. But if you didn't pre-order the Rift, it's sixty bucks. Whoa! And then what? they microtransact you. Yeah. Good yeah. God, no. So wait, what are the microtransactions for, though? Well, I, I you know what? I'll be honest with you. I have not. I, I refuse to buy any of the microtransactions. I have bullets. I haven't looked too deep into it. I think it's like um, skins or uh, no. It's, it's, it's bullets. It's, it's like do you want to do you want to shoot like you fly it, but you want to shoot like it's a dollar a shot. <laughs> VR, it's the future now. But, but I'll tell you what, man. Oh man, dogfighting in VR. Oh, holy shit! It, it is a transformative experience. Yeah. See, I'm gonna need it for like Falcon. Or playing Arma, or anything that I do with a track IR right now, yeah, I, it needs to happen. It needs yeah. to happen in my Oculus, as if the Oculus was my monitor and it's got head tracking. So it always, you know, I'm not looking out the corner of my eye anymore. I'm, you know, I look where I look, and I don't even care about 3D at that point. You know, 3D's a bonus on t- on top of that. But yeah, you know, I'll take uh, what, what I can get. Yeah, I mean, well, once you have like, you know, once you're in VR, right? I mean, that is essentially 3D. One, one, of the, one of the best experiences that I've played so far, honestly, was a game. Uh, it, it's, it's not a game. It, there's some game aspects to it, but it's, a, it's more of an experience. It's called Apollo 11 VR. I mm-hmm. saw that on Steam today. Yes. It is. Holy shit. It brought tears to my eyes. And, and, and I, I, I can't even begin... It's imagine a documentary, but an interactive documentary where you're actually there in not just watching, but you're participating in the Apollo 11 mission. But when I say documentary, I mean, imagine like all the sounds are directly ta- recorded or, or played to you from the actual recordings of the Apollo 11 mission. Oh, wow. So, so every and, and, and they actually recreated in, in you know, 3D, right? The, the capsule. Uh, and, and the launch, you know, the launch vehicle and, and, and the lander, um, everything down, like they, they were, you know, they, they basically built it and it, it to, to model or to spec, you know, so everything, mm. everything you look around and yeah, the, the, uh, you know, they didn't write Buzz Aldrin and, and, uh, and what's his face, uh, so do you have to like spend three days in it to get to the moon? No, 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 it's not like that. They, they actually, <laughs> Thank God. Uh, you have to wear a diaper and <laughs> pee in your pants. And... They, they actually go through... Um, Experience. <laughs> which actually would be kind of amazing, but... Uh, <laughs> Immersion. <laughs> pee in your pants. It's got like a sensor you put down your pants. and They basically cut through like the major uh, parts of of the mission. And so... And, and they let you control... Uh, it's optional, but they let, they let you actually control key parts of the mission. So like when you get on, um, when you connect with the lunar module in space after you launch, like you're orbiting earth, you actually have to connect to the lunar module that is done in, um, uh, real time. Like you actually connect to it. Uh, and then when you land, that's done, uh, and you know, you actually land 
Uh, and then I think even I haven't gotten past the landing part. I actually crash all the time. But I think after that, like you get to actually uh, control a rover or like a, one of those. Uh, I guess you could call it a, ro- a rover on the moon. So the, the rover, you know, module. Hmm. That's cool. So the future that I see is whenever I look at uh, at Star Citizen, right? And Chris spent all that money hiring actors, and he basically rotoscopes everybody, right? And with with motion capture and everything. So at that point, you have the actor, but in a three D environment, and you can get the resolution up pretty good, and you know it looks enough like the person, right? So take a movie like Avatar, right? If you can get to that, to that point in uh, in real time rendering or close enough right so at that point you can be in the crowd in the crowd scene and move around right yeah. you you could walk through the set and yeah. and you know it's like oh they they're giving a speech well i can i can like walk around behind and look behind the curtain you know or whatever um that's the thing that i look to happen in in more interactive entertainment even if it's just a story that you're in <laughs> Excuse me, <laughs> it's killing me. Um, even even if it's you know just a, a static story like a movie, but it's a movie that you're in the space of, so that could be pretty darn cool. Yeah, I mean we're really at the infancy of VR, and uh, it's exciting. I mean it really is exciting. Like our, I mean even our game is is still pretty early, but um, but but flying ultralights around. This sort of stylistic world uh, that we built. Um, it's, it's an island-themed world, so it's just a variety of islands, and you fly ultralights and gyrocopters and helicopters. Are there cannibals? Uh, not yet. But that's <clears throat> that, that would be incentive to not crash. <laughs> uh, you know, remember pilot wings? Do you guys remember pilot wings? Oh yeah. Like, okay. Oh, yeah. It's, it's open world pilot wings. Imagine pilot wings, but in open world setting. That's what it is. Do you hmm. do you have do you have uh, do you have Hawkman mode or whatever that thing was called? Like the jetpack stuff? No, there was uh did you play Pilot Wing sixty four where it was just like Birdman? No, it was Birdman, that's what it was. Where you just like fly around with wings. So one of the things about uh VR, especially flight games, is is um the sickness factor. Uh or or, the, or as it, as everybody calls it in VR land, simulator sickness. So that's the thing that we've I wouldn't say struggled with, because I think we have a solution that helps solve the problem. But it is fundamentally a problem with uh, flight games. Uh, you get sick. And especially if you have um, uh, an FOV that is unrestricted. So what I mean is that um, if you have an open-aired cockpit and you're flying around, it's a recipe for disaster. So, like, it's, I mean, for me, it is. Everybody's different. You could have totally different experiences. But, I mean, whole dude. We have some aircraft in the game that, like, I struggle with flying. So we've actually uh, uh, developed our own sort of um, system where we uh, uh, turn the we build the, we build these cockpits uh, in two different ways. We want we have an open air cockpit where you can just look around and, and your views not restricted. Then we have another version of the cockpit uh, that uh, makes the windows opaque and. Basically, it restricts your peripheral vision. It blocks your peripheral vision from seeing all around you. And you look out, and you, it's sort of like tunnel vision in a sense. You can look out in front of you. Except for us, when you, we still want the idea of being able to look around. But what we do is we alpha out the windows based on your, your look, your gaze. 
So when you look to the right, the window's out to out, and you can look outside. You look to your left, it'll go back to opaque, and then you can, uh, you know, you can, the left window would out to out. So we have all these windows around, and, and it almost looks like a TIE fighter in a sense. Um, but, uh, but the windows, uh, alpha out based on where you're looking at. So it blocks your peripheral vision, which is the primary cause from what our, from our, our research and from talking to Oculus is the primary cause of similar sickness when you're moving around in the world and you're rolling and you're banking and whatnot. Um, but, uh, uh, but it still gives you the ability to look around. So, and it actually solves all of our, Similar sickness issues. Well, hmm. after so many hours playing around with it, does the simulator sickness thing go away? Like your brain gets used to it, and it's not an issue anymore. Yeah, it's like it's like when you get your VR legs. Uh, that's what they call it. VR, get your VR legs. Um, it, hmm. it, it, it will go away uh, once you get you know acclimated to the experience. Um, but the thing is, is that any time you change it up, meaning. Uh, we have multiple aircraft in the game. So when you start going faster, it sort of resets the clock for, for getting used to, you know, that aircraft. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really interesting. Like it's really interesting work that, that, um, that is all brand new really to everybody is, is trying to, to combat those, those issues. Cause the last thing we want is for people to play our game and, you know, puke city within the first couple of minutes, right? That's terrible. Hey, I do have a question. Let's go back to Fleets of Soul real quick. Um, so, with with Fleets of Soul, are you going to uh, make this game moddable at all? Is it going to be, can I, like, you know, add in some models here and there, or make my own custom scenarios, or... Uh, yeah, I mean, possibly. I mean, you know, we added um, we added uh, what workshop support for Battle Soul. So it's not inconceivable for us to add that into Fleets of Soul. Um, so yeah, I mean it's possible, but uh, I can't give a, a time frame as to when that'll happen. Um, yeah, but 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 it's certainly possible. Oh, that's cool. Oh, sorry, I am really under the weather right now, so you're gonna have to forgive me. Um, so, like. My big question is, how much work was it transitioning from a f- game revolving around fighters to a kind of survival game transitioning around uh, capital ships? Right. I mean, you, ar- you already had like the, the framework of the universe and the world building in place, but I would think the mechanics would be way different for a game like this than the games you had worked on before. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I, you know, the camera was the biggest, one of the biggest, I mean, I wouldn't say the biggest hurdle, but it was a huge hurdle. I mean, I would say it's up there in the top three. It's, and I, and I still say it needs work, but, uh, but, you know, getting the camera to be more of a, I guess you could call it an RTS style camera, but it's not really RTS because you're still in the world. Um, Homeworld was, you know, definitely an inspiration. Um, and then, uh, getting it so that you're, right, you're controlling capital ships and making that interesting. Like dogfighting is inherently interesting, I think. Um, you know, you're flying around, you're shooting, it's all about killing, pew, pew, pew. Um, controlling capital ships, big lumbering beasts, giving them the abil- multiple abilities, 
making them interesting um, and then making that moment to moment, you know, gameplay interesting was probably the biggest challenge and went through countless iterations before we were, you know, reasonably happy with the end result. So that was probably the biggest, the biggest hurdle to retrain our brain from, you know, dogfighting to more of a macro uh, ship management type of game where it's, you know, wasn't about shooting down, you know, individual ships and it was more about managing, you know, your fleet and what ships you have and what technologies you want to research and so on and so forth. Right. Now, um, how much, um, cause I've noticed the, the missions seem, um, and you'll have to give me, this sounds a bit forced. We're working with this new format and I wrote some questions down in advance. We're, we're, we're playing with it. Um, but the, 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 the encounters that you go through, like you said earlier, are uh, pr- procedural, I think. Um, so how much variety can one have when uh, you jump from one encounter to the next? Because I noticed that you can have one where you're just trading and one where you're... Most of them seem to be raids of like refineries. But what else can you run into while you're out there? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, trading is one. Obviously, ambushes. Um, sometimes your home base will get ambushed, and you'll need to oh. go back. Yep, yep. Oh, that, that has not happened in my game yet. <laughs> I, I think the, the further you get on, or the further jumps you do, the more likelihood that will happen. So that the chances increase. Um, now, go ahead. I was just wondering, how many jumps can a typical game take? Because I think I'm about 20 in my current game, and I've only rescued like 10,000 colonists so far. Uh, Well, um, I've seen people get into the 70s uh, before they make the final jump. Um, Wow. So there is an end game to to it. There is. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't beat it. So unlike every other survival game out there, uh, we do have end game, you know, uh, scenarios basically that that you can make the final jump and then go through a a, a set of scenarios to actually make it home. So um, you can uh, technically beat the game, but it's right. optional. So you don't have to make the final jump. You can just keep going uh, for kind of as long as you want. Um, we've had people, I think, get into the hundreds of jumps. Uh, I played for thirty hours. <laughs> it's crazy. Like is that so? Is that so they can upgrade everything before they before they go and get as much scrap as as salvage as possible? Yeah, I think I think it's one of those things where they just they love playing the game so much they just don't want it to end. It's weird. I mean, I mean it's cool that they love it that much, but uh, hmm. uh, uh, yeah, they just they just kind of just keep playing and and they don't really ever really feel like beating it per se. But the option is there for you to do so. So. Well, one thing I like is that the game starts a bit differently based on who you choose to be your commander. But not only that, but you can choose your like your side character and your wing commander, yeah, as well. Which I like because that gives variety. Like I think in my current game, I chose the uh, the one who gets extra salvage as the commander because uh, I like that. 
And uh, I chose the scientist who has all the probes and um, the pilots who get extra. The one, the pilot guy who can train a pilot in one turn instead of three. Right, right. Now, I'm a little, uh, there are a few things I'm a little confused about uh, in playing, which I wanted to ask you about. One, uh, when you're, do, does training pilots mean you can build more ships because then you have more pilots to fly them? No, no. Training pilots gives you just more ships in general to what you have. So, oh. it's really, yeah, so it's like, you know, you have to build ships. It, it, and I think we're talking about advanced mode primarily. Um, yeah. Uh, advanced mode, yeah, you have to build ships and then you have to build pilots at, or you have to train pilots to actually fly those ships. But to, you know, build new ships, or you know, requires the whole tech tree and research and whatnot. But, um, but yeah, you actually have to train pilots to fly the ships that you build. So it's, it's not, uh, you know, building ships doesn't equally, you know, doesn't mean you have a, a free ship, basically. Cause, well, because I noticed, I, 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 I might be remembering this wrong, but I, th- I think the game wouldn't let me build any new fighters or anything until I trained some new pilots, which I actually kind of liked. Because that made sense to me. Um, I think that's what it was doing. Anyway, because at one point I couldn't build any new ships, and I had the salvage for it, but it was only after I trained some pilots. Oh yeah, well I could be mistaken. Yeah, that yeah. You're, well, you're probably right. So I'm wrong. <laughs> but I did want to ask about one thing. Um, the interface is. I'm going to be honest. It's kind of driving me a little batty. Yeah. Um. It the the interface in terms of selecting one of my ships, and then selecting an enemy to attack. Because for some reason, the mouse doesn't exactly go on the icon, it seems. So, like, like I'll try and select an enemy ship for an attack, but then it'll just make a waypoint, and my ship will start moving. Uh, so, I, I'm wondering, is there anything I can do to make the interface a little easier on myself? Yeah, the interface is something that, uh, I'm not going to lie, we, we definitely... Um I would say struggled with because uh, the the way we construct the interface was so radically different from Battle of Soul that um, sure that it, it I would say that uh, it, it definitely needs some improvements to it to make it a little bit easier to uh, I, so, I mean the, the problems that you're reporting are, are known and it's something that we want to do um, it, it's it's well, all um, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'll be honest, with you, I, I don't really have, I mean, the frustrations that you're talking about are, are my frustrations as well. And, okay. uh, I'm not trying to come down your game. I'm just no, trying no, to, no, no, I think it's good. I think it's good. I think it's great to point that out. Um, absolutely. Right. Because I was thinking what might work for my brain is like, you have, I, I like how this is set up where you have our fleet on the right side. And the enemy fleet, and just a simple line of icons. That I like that. I was thinking maybe it would make sense to be able to drag your ship to the ship you wanted to, to attack, yeah. and give it give it like an attack order that way. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That That's that might be that might be what would work for me. Like you select your Orion, drag it to a gunship, it starts attacking that gunship. Yeah. You know that's what I that's what that's what I was thinking anyway. That's kind of my idea. Um. But, but yeah, I mean, it it took because like for the first few missions, I was like, "Why aren't you attacking that guy? 
why are you moving over there? And it took me a while to kind of finesse it and learn how to finesse it. Yeah. So I'm, it's getting better. Um, but I do, I do really like um, the randomness of it. I like how you don't know exactly what you're going to get into. And even if you launch a probe and you kind of know what you're going to get into, you still don't know exactly what you're going to get into. But, but one thing I, I like in the game that, that that gets talked about a bit in the tutorial, but I, I like that it's there is stress levels. I like that the game monitors your crew, your fleet's stress levels. Right. And I like that... Um, I really like that the alert status you set for your fleet can really alter their stress level. Like, if you keep yourself at red alert, like high alert, like launch ready, scramble all the time, your crew's going to get really stressed. Now, now, what happens, because I haven't gotten far enough in to see this yet, but what happens when your crew really gets stressed, like after they pass a certain stress threshold? Will they be less effective? Uh, what, what exactly happens when they get too stressed? Uh, it's definitely, their effectiveness goes way down, for sure, to the point where I think they, they refuse to <laughs> give you, to follow your orders. Like, it's like they kind of just kind of do their own thing and, and, uh, uh, it definitely, um, you, you know, it's one of those things where you, you get to a point of no return and, and, and you need to get their stress level down in order to, to get them to, to, to follow what you want them to do or to get them to really do anything. So I think it's like, yeah, it's one of those things where you never get, I don't think you ever get to a point where you're just truly fucked, but, uh, but you definitely will get to a point where, uh, you need to get a, a handle of the situation and and give them some uh, R and R. I guess you could say. How do you give them R and R? Make sweet love to them. <laughs> oh, so it's so it's kind of like Mass Effect. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hentai. God damn it! Ugh. Well, no, just, Mass uh, Effect. Uh, <laughs> I think it's like going back to your home base and 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 uh, yeah, making sweet love to them. Uh, <laughs> I think it's like just a cool, it's like a, an effect that wears down over time. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. Like once you're married for a while, it just doesn't. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but 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 again, I did I did like that. That's modeled because that that makes sense. You're a crew on the run. You know, like, one thing I thought that it was capturing fairly well was, um, I don't know if you've ever seen the Battlestar Galactica, uh, the new one. You, I'm sure you have. Oh, no, dude, really? Are you really going to ask me if I don't? Ass- I don't assume. I, I try not to assume. You should, you should but, very much assume. <laughs> okay. But a lot, a lot of this made me feel like I was watching, an, like, an interactive episode of 33. Yeah. Remember? Th- and... and and thirty three, I think, is one of the finest bits of of of, of uh, science fiction on film ever made. Um, okay. Just that's why the rest of the show it's like it's all downhill after that. You know, <laughs> for you. I mean? Well, for you. Come on, come, on. Okay. come on. Most of season three and season it was, four. It was uphill was... until Starbuck came back from the dead, and then it was straight oh. down a cliff. I mean, I, mean, I love Rom- I love but, Romo Lampkin. I love Romo Lampkin, but he cannot overcome the Starbuck is an angel thing. He can't. 
Yeah. We didn't. I, we didn't. We didn't get to that. Like, listen, we're not going to have a Battlestar debate right now. <laughs> it's happening. It's, <laughs> I think the show turned to shit after the boxing episode. That's that was it for. No, I'm kidding. Oh, uh, sort of. <laughs> Continue. I, I, I think the first the first season was absolutely, in my opinion, amazing. Really, like, I, first season I loved. Uh, uh, okay. I'll be honest with you. Yes, it, it was a bit of a roller coaster, but I actually loved the ending. I thought it was inventive. Yeah. I thought I thought it was um, it was interesting. It made me think about things. I guess uh, had they gone to what the old show was, which were like what they ended up in the eighties or something like that. And the one thing. Let's One not talk that, about Battlestar 1980. Let's not talk let's, about that. Let's take into consideration something that happened with Battlestar, though, okay? And, it, uh, and a lot of TV shows actually suffered during this time, but when Battlestar was going on, you also had the the massive writer strike that happened, yes. which is why there was also a yeah. really awkward silence between uh, uh, halfway through Season 4. Like, halfway through Season 4, there was just this like, really long, awkward break. Between like season four and season four point five, yeah, like yep, I remember that. Yep. But they were doing that. They were doing that for a while now. They'd be like season two, well, two point no, 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 five. No. They had these long they breaks. They didn't do that. They didn't do that until uh, season three. Mm. Um, season three is when it, they they broke it up, but they sold it that way. But they didn't do really long breaks in between the two. Season four is when they had the the really long break. And it was yeah. almost like it was almost like um, the Walking Dead or Doctor Who now, where they take like these stupid long breaks in between seasons or halfway between seasons. It kills. It kills. It kills its momentum. It, it, it kills really... its momentum, and I think that's what part of that's the good. big problem was with Battlestar, Can't as well as as well as the right like the writers' strike really affected them and other shows. And to to top it all off, the show got canceled, so that's why they had to end it where they did. Like season four was like, all right, well we're writing this ending because the show's show's done after season four, and like they're like, okay, well I guess we have to write an ending, and so that's that's what happened. All that being said, though, there's just something about it that I really liked. Yeah, but yeah, I can't I'm, discredit the shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, but no, anyway. But anyway, um, I, I really like that it was trying to capture that, like, tense, on-the-run feel that 33 captured in Battlestar Galactica, more than just about anything else in science fiction, I think. Um, so, guys, if you're looking for that kind of survival in a space game, this this is a good one. <laughs> this, is, this is a good one. I wish that's uh, itch, I think. I think for those, you know, it puts you... I guess it puts you really like knee deep in the shit, I guess, and you're always sort of on the run. Uh, similar to to that show, I think it, it definitely was an inspiration. It was like, how can we turn that show into a game? Was was yeah, the yeah, and and I like that because you do have like Diaspora, which took the fighter element of Battlestar and made it into a game, which was amazing. Yeah. But here you're scrounging for fuel. You're scrounging for you know. Um, but what, what is it? Salvage or scrap in the game? I'm not remembering. Salvage. I think yeah, salvage, which is what you use not only. Ooh, that, to was a, that was a pretty explosion. Yeah, not only to repair ships, but um, but uh, you know, re- do research, which I like. Now, yeah, you were saying this game is uh, Unreal Tournament, un- Unreal Tournament, haha, <laughs> Unreal Three, 
it still looks really good for for being. I don't know if it's that aged, but it doesn't look that aged to me. Uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's a a testament to. Um, I mean, our ship models. Um, we had a couple new ships made, but you know, a lot of those assets that we have in that game were taken from Battle of Soul. I mean, to be right, honest, of course, know, of course, it, 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 uh, it uses a lot of the same the same assets except for the the Olympus, the big ship that you control. Um, that's obviously a new ship that we built uh, for fleets. Is that the uh, the 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 cylindrical like round ship? Is that the? No, no, that's that's the big like that's your main ship, the Olympus. That's it's. Uh, I think in a, in a future update, the name the name right now is broken, but uh, the name of the ship it's actually supposed to be on the ship itself. But um, the Olympus oh. is actually the main ship that you control, right? That big hulking uh, capital ship with the the dual. Uh, uh, hangar base. I just one in the the aft and the uh the other side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that that's the Orion. That's like the big Orion class uh yeah. one. That's your main ship. That's your main like home base in uh in a uh, battle of Seoul. But no, I was thinking the the ring ship. It's like a ring. And it's kind of looks Deep Space Nine ish. Like yeah, yeah, got- yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, that's not that's not the Olympus. That's uh uh. I forget the name. I'll have to look it is up. That, like, is that new? Because I don't remember seeing that. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking. Because I don't remember seeing that one before. I'm like, what is this? Yeah, yeah, that, that is a, a new ship. But actually, what's funny is I think that that is uh, a scaled-down version of our temple. I mean, scaled-down and altered, uh, heavily altered version of our temple from Soul Exodus. Do you remember the temple? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was yeah. wondering why it looked familiar. That makes total sense. Yep. That makes total <laughs> sense. Um, so we talked about, let's see. Sorry, I'm trying to stick with this uh, format here. Talked about the technical stuff. Talked about, do, do any of you guys have any other questions? Because I'm honestly out of questions. No, I think I think you you've got a really good game going on, man. Uh, what are your plans for the future with it? Are you gonna keep doing more stuff with it? Any expansions, DLC, any of that stuff? Well, I know the the immediate goals are to get uh, the Toby eye tracking stuff uh, sort of solidified. We have um, a rough implementation in there now, but it needs it needs heavy it needs some some definite improvements, but. Um, that's a, in our immediate future. The next patch will be uh, a big improvement to the the Toby eye tracking stuff. Which I don't know if you guys have played around with the Toby stuff, but I mean it's pretty awesome. Uh, what is what is that? What? <laughs> I have not I have not played around with that. What is that? Um, so Toby is a Swedish company that makes these um, uh, eye tracker uh, uh, attachments that you plug into the USB three slot in the computer and it. Uh, it hooks up to like the bottom of your monitor, and um, we put in the functionality, or we added support for that in Battle Soul, where you can think of it like Track IR uh, in a sense, but for your eyeballs, not for your head movements. So Track what? IR, yeah, so Track IR tracks your head movements, right? Uh, the Toby stuff actually tracks your eye movements. So if you look in, like in Battle Soul, if you look in. The corners of the screen, it'll move the camera 
uh, it'll increase space by your FOV, so you can actually look around as if you were in the cockpit. And it's all based on your eyes, not your head movement. Oh, well, oh yeah, I'm seeing, I'm looking at this thing right now. It's like a little eye tracker that you put at like the bottom of your monitor or something. Yep. That's, so if that was, if that was accurate and sensitive, it would make for like a hell of an aim system for a first person shooter. Oh God. You just look at somebody and pull the trigger. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that'd be amazing. It is. I don't look, I mean, I don't. It's it's a great thing for a cockpit based games. Uh, it's also uh, they added it into the division, and it's really cool for um, for tagging uh, uh, enemies. Hmm. And uh, uh, I really yeah. see the porn application though. Uh. <laughs> I I was waiting until we <laughs> got to that. <laughs> so. So it ties into the R and R section of your game. Exactly. Exactly. Boy. Oh boy. Loving it. Loving it. I but, knew um, that was the reason why I came back on. <laughs> am I am I the guest that's been on the most? Is it gonna be like a, a Saturday Night Live thing you know, where it's like Alec Baldwin is like the the one that's you know hosted the show. The uh, you might be tied with another gentleman named a, a gentleman named Paul. Who, oh well, there's many Pauls. No, so no, uh, you're counting Pauls. Sword of the Stars, Paul, who I believe has been on. Um, I believe he's been on three times as well. He was on for Sword of the Stars, and then Homeworld Cataclysm, and then I think another one, maybe. So. I'm honestly, I should, I should go back and look, but you might be. If not, you're tied with that guy. Awesome. <laughs> hey, I'll take, I'll take time. It's cool. But well, yeah, I, it's, I, love ta- I love talking to you guys, so it's always a good time. Oh, it's, it's been a pleasure. I'm sorry about the technical troubles you were having. It, it's, it's, it's weird that uh, apparently Mumble only wanted to use the microphone on your uh, Vive, which is odd. It is um, odd because I have a webcam that I u- normally use. Right from my microphone, and uh, yeah, no, no bueno. Have to use the vibe. Well, it's, it sounds like a pretty good microphone. Uh, so yeah, we had no problems hearing you. So that was pretty cool. Uh, so guys, the game is Fleets of Soul. It is on Steam right now. For how much is it going for? I forget. Nine, I what seven ninety nine, eight bucks. That's that's not bad. So, uh, Chris, if people want to follow you on uh, Twitter or, or your website, where can they get in touch with you? Might be nine bucks. Uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, Twitter is uh, well, my personal Twitter is stocks one zero nine, so they can follow me on there. Uh, my uh, BitPlanet Games has got its own Twitter, um, and, and you know the games have their own Twitter. But I mean, I, I would use either my personal or uh, or BitPlanet Games. And that's just at BitPlanet Games. Yeah, at BitPlanet Games or at Stocks109. Okay. And uh, for us co-hosts, you can find me at, obviously, Space Game Junkie. Uh, Jim, where can folks find you on Twitter? Um, Under the couch. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. No, actually, they can't because my Twitter account is is the Hiddens. Oh, well, okay. It's now classified. Okay. Uh, Hunter, do you have a Twitter account you want to share? Yeah, you guys can find me at Hunter H4X. Uh, that's that's where I'm at. Hunter Hacks H4X. So. Okay. 
And folks, we, as always, invite you to uh, check out the site SpaceGameJunkie.com and our Patreon at Patreon.com slash SpaceGameJunkie. Next week on the show, we are uh, switching things around a little bit because our guests are overseas. We're going to be talking to the folks at Little Green Men, LGM, about their upcoming uh, Starpoint Gemini game, Warlords. Uh, but not next Tuesday because they're in Europe. We're talking to them next Saturday morning. We all agreed to that. I'm not sure exactly why, but we did. (laughs) So, folks, the podcast will not be next Tuesday. It'll be next Saturday. Next Tuesday, we're going to try and do something else, which we're still working on. Uh, But, folks, I want to thank you so much for uh, watching and listening to this episode. Hey, before we wrap that up, though, head on over to our Facebook group because there's a lot of chatter going on over there, lots of great discussions, as well as check out our Slack because there's always something going on. So come hang out with us, chit-chat, talk about games. A lot of fun. And if uh, if you like the new format, or if you have any uh, suggestions or concerns or questions about the new format, don't hesitate to hit us up, either in the, in the YouTube comments or in the comments on the website. Uh, we are always happy to uh, hear what you guys have to say. So thank you guys so much for listening and watching. Chris, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, have a good night, everyone. Bye-bye.